This morning as we meditate on God's word, I got to start by asking you a question. That's probably something that you probably, I don't know how many of you have thought about this this morning, but why are you here at church this morning? Why are you here this morning? And I don't know, just thinking through answers in my mind, it's like, hey, this is all I know how to do or what to do because this is what I've done my whole life. My family's going and I want my kids to learn some good stuff, so that's why I'm here today, support my families. Or maybe my parents dragged me in here. I can't wait to be 18 and graduate so I can do my own stuff, sleep in. I don't know because I want to know more about this God thing. Is it real? Is he dependable? Can I trust him? Or you may say, I just need a break in my life and maybe God can help me out. Now whatever the reason may be, I want you to think, think about this for a minute. Why are you here this morning? Take a minute to just think about it a few seconds. I don't know if you, like I said, I don't know if you thought about that when you walked in this morning. Because for me, and I will tell you from my experience, God is real. When I come into his presence, he, he meets with me. He's not just a good idea or some mythical old man that I I talked to someone who described him as a mythical old man. So God is not some mythical old man sitting in the sky doing whatever he wants to and he's not sitting there waiting for you to do something good and then he's going to give you some candy for doing something good or waiting for you to do something bad and then he's going to smack you on the side of the head, you know. The God we come here and I come here to worship and to sing about and to talk about is a God who loves me. He's a God who loves me. He's a God who cares about not just me, us. He's a God who cares about us. He's a God who speaks to us. He directs us. He guides us. He protects us. He knows how to take care of us. And, and is not just knows how to take care of us. He is able To take care of us. I mean he is this creator of of everything. This whole universe. He is the creator of this whole universe. He made everything. And this God we come to worship. Wants to build a relationship with me. Blows my mind away that why should God even care about me. But he chooses to meet with me. And longs to build a relationship with me but how do I get to know God or know about God or how do I do that and I think something's pretty simple you kind of hang out with people who know him hang out with people who know him and talk about him and of course the best way to know him is to open this bible and read it because this tells us about him tells us and shows us who he is and shows us how we can Believe in him. And I, 
I don't think, and this is just based on a conversation I had just a week and a half ago, I don't think I will ever, and I don't think I can prove God scientifically as such. Make God show up. Hey, this is him here. I can't do that. The Bible says God is spirit. Now, I can't prove God scientifically as such, but if you are serious about God and wanting to know him, there is one word you need. It's the word faith. That's how you know God. You've got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to know God or know about God. Here's the thing, and I realize more and more, you don't become a Christian by being born in a Christian family. You don't become a Christian by going to church every single Sunday or every time the doors of the church are open. You don't become a Christian by doing good things as such. But it's by having or putting, rather having our personal trust and faith in Jesus Christ that we really become Christians. That's the qualification. To be a disciple of Christ, you need one thing is to put your faith in him. Put your faith in Christ and that's how you become Christians. We are saved, of course, by faith in him. But faith is not just for us to save us. Faith is something that we need to grow also. We build our faith. We grow in our faith. And both of these things, basically it talks about trust. And we've been talking about daring to trust him these past few weeks, actually. you got to realize that God is building our faith. And one of the best ways for him to teach us about faith is to put us in situations where we're going to learn to trust him more. When we learn to trust him more, that's how we build faith. But what is faith? If I have to start, the basic definition of faith, thank God I don't have to come up with it on my own because the author of Hebrews tells us what faith is. I'm reading from the New Living Translation there. It talks about faith is, this is what faith is. It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Let me read that again. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. That's from Hebrews 11 verse 1. And if you drop down a few says, you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Let me read that because it's a pretty simple statement. Anyone who wants to come to him or wants to know him basically must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That's what faith is all about. Faith begins with the fundamental conviction that God is who he says he is. That's what faith is all about. It starts with the fact or the conviction that God is who he says he is. That God is God indeed. Not just a figment of our imagination. Not just something that people make up. 
We start our faith with the fact or the conviction, let me put it that way, that God is God. And as we start with that, we learn to build on that faith. We learn to trust in him more. And not just that conviction, that's the starting point. Now what we do with faith is this. We put our faith into action and we line up the way we act. We we live our lives. We behave with his word. And that also takes faith to do. That's what faith, that's how faith is, is built. And let me make this clear as such. Please understand what I'm trying to say here. There is an intentional choice you have to make when it comes to choosing to trust God. It doesn't happen automatically. Choose to trust God and to believe Him even when, especially when things don't seem to make sense. That's what faith, that's what helps us. Even when things don't make, uh, make sense, it's risking the comfort and security in order to obey God. I like what one pastor and the way he put it is, he said this, faith is putting God on the witness stand, examining the evidence and concluding that he is indeed who he claims to be. And then, of course, making the conscious decision to live my life because he is who he says he is and he tells me how to live my life. What does faith mean for us today in the 21st century as such? And I want us to turn to a story some of us know, but it's a book and a story that it's kind of tucked away in the corner. It's 2 Kings chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to read the first few verses. It's a, like I said, it's a story we don't hear about a lot, but it's a great story. I'm reading from the NIV here. The wife of a man, verses, verse 1, 4 verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered or revered, whatever, revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two sons as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you, behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all, into all the jars and as each jar is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring it. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. I mean, there are several stories, several lessons we can learn here, but the one that jumps out to me and we'll talk about a little more is the fact that all she needed was some money to pay it off, right? That's all she needed to do. She needed something that she could pay the debtors or creditors or whatever, right? But the man of God challenged her to exercise faith in order to see the miracle. It is impossible to live our lives 
for God without faith and without stepping out in faith. It's basically a story about a woman and we know she's a widow, a recent widow and her husband was an Old Testament, and like a prophet basically and uh, he served God and he dies but for whatever reason he's in, he's in some kind of debt and she doesn't know what to do because these guys are coming, the debt collectors as such, they're coming around and they, she doesn't have the money and so what they're going to do and it was perfectly okay back then. If you didn't have the money to pay it off, they take the kids or the sons to work as slaves just so that they can pay off that debt. So that was a common practice and this is what's happening to her. And not just that, she doesn't have money. You can tell she doesn't have much because the only thing she has left is just a small jar of oil. But she comes to this man of God called Elisha and she talks to him and shares what she has and of course, Elisha takes her on an amazing journey of faith, basically, to where she sees God work in a miraculous way. And we've been talking about daring to trust God. And this is a great example because the challenge is trusting God in today's world because the world we live in challenges us when we say we're Christians. When you tell people you're a Christian, they look at you different sometimes. But I want to encourage you this morning to dare to trust him. Here's the thing from this, from this lesson. Number one, she's struggling. Let your pain lead you to faith in God, not away from him. Amen. She allowed her crisis, if you want to put it that way, to lead her to a place of faith in God rather than away from him. The woman was in a crisis, was desperate, basically, right? These guys are knocking the doors down, basically. But she chooses to come to the man of God and God himself rather than run away from him. I mean, we all, we all, uh, I'm sure almost that we all know what it is to go through a dark time in our lives where you know, this time where everything against us, I mean, everything seems to be against us. And everything, anything you try and do just seems to be a big failure. And we can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we can't figure out what God is doing and everything. Like I said, at one moment, everything's going great. But then everything comes crashing down. And then you are in pain and you are hurting. And, and what makes it worse is very often the people around you don't, even realize that you're hurting but I want to encourage you faith is when you hurt allowing that hurt to push you to God rather than away from him pushing you towards God rather than away from him even though your situation does not make sense at all because the truth is this, you can allow your pain to destroy you and drag you away from God. Or you can allow your pain that you are going through to draw you closer to God. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. And I know a number of people who've, who've gone through a bad time and they get so mad about what's happening. And they get mad at God and, and walk away. They just walk away. But the truth is the answer. The truth is the problem isn't God walking away from you. It's you walking away from God. 
truth is instead of you walking away from him to find an answer, the answer is in him. And what you need to do is come closer to him. Let me be honest and not paint a false picture because Jesus isn't going to fix the problem the way you think he's going to fix the problem. He isn't going to fix it the way you think or imagine it ought to be fixed. Jesus isn't going to, be honest, Jesus isn't going to save us from all the consequences of the choices you make. But he will give you the strength to make it through whatever happens. It's just simple. If you choose to trust him though. If you choose to trust him, he isn't always going to save you from pain. That's just the fact. Because people hurt us and we hurt ourselves. He doesn't always save us from pain. But what he gives is strength through the pain. Very few people go through, go through the pain of losing a child. And uh, I know a, a dear friend of mine, a lady who lost her young daughter basically in an accident and the daughter was making really bad choices and got caught up in all kinds of stuff. But a month before the accident, the daughter actually came home and asked for forgiveness and got her life right with God and went off to college. And within the first month, basically, she had an accident and passed away. And, you know, and the mom writes this and she says, you can, well, I would never choose. And I'm just reading from something that she wrote. Well, I would never choose to walk this path. I have learned lessons about faith. I would have never learned any other way. I've come to know that our God is a good father. And we sang that song. As I have placed my faith in him, he has made me more. He has been more than faithful to walk with me through this painful journey. I have complete faith that someday I will be reunited with my daughter again. A few have suffered a devastating loss as I have. And I know that there are many who here who are suffering in similar ways that I cannot imagine. But don't get caught up in Satan's lie that God is out to hurt you or punish you for something you have done. Because in time and with God's help, you may be able to see his hand on your life all along. My friend John Landison uh, up there in Washington and he was here in the beginning of the year and he was a cop and I don't know if you remember he was here in the beginning of the year and he visiting us and anyway around 2004 he was he was doing great he had a great job a great house great family everything was going great in his life and then he had a motorcycle accident and tore up his knee and was kind of off work for almost nine months and he ended up having an affair and his wife left him. He lost custody of his kids, lost most of his savings. He hit rock bottom. And then ended up in church and ended up in church. And as the message was in preach and him in his crutches. And if he, you should hear him tell the story because only he can't. In his, with his crutches, he just hobbles his way. He couldn't wait to get down to the front of the church and give his life back to God, serving God. And God just filled him with a sense of peace and he realized again that God loved him and cared about him. Even though he had to go through the pain of losing everything, he will be the first one to tell you that God gave him the strength to make it through. God gave him the strength to make it through and God has blessed him in just really incredible, incredible ways.
But he'll be again the one to tell you that God used the pain to draw him close to him. But he had to make the choice to come down and give his heart to God again. I know there's some teaching around that goes around that says if you try hard enough and believe hard enough and pray hard enough, God will take away all the pain in your life. That's not true. That's not in the Bible at least. He promised us that he will be with us when we go through those hard times. Don't allow the pain to drive you away from God. Allow the pain in your life to draw you closer to God. Please understand, faith is not, we don't need faith to twist God's arm to take away the pain. We pray in faith that God will. You know, Jesus himself says, God, he's struggling in the garden of Gethsemane. He knows the cross awaits him, but he cries out and prays, God, if it is your will, let this pass. But he says, God, let your will be done, not mine. It's okay to pray for the pain to go away, but more than just praying, praying for the pain to go away, pray that God's will is done in your life through that pain. That is real faith. Because it's easy to trust God and have faith when everything's going good. It's a whole other thing to trust Him when there's hurt. It's exactly what happens if you read. There's another person in the Bible called Job. Everything was going great, but in a moment of ma- I mean, matter of moments, he loses so much stuff. But then you come to Job 13 and he says, Though he slay me, I will still trust in God. God is not the author of your pain. We live in a broken world. God is the one who takes you and gives you the strength. He's the one, that bomb that you put when you hurt. That's who our God is. He sees us through the tough situations, but it requires us to have faith in Him. Let's come back to the story here. It's kind of interesting that this woman is, I mean, the widow and She's fearful of losing everything she has. And she comes to this man of God, Elisha, and she asks Elisha, and I love this part. She just tells him what's happening. And I love the first part what Elisha says is, what can I do for you? And I think there's a principle here that that I think we might miss out. Because we all need people like Elisha in our life who will just be there to say, hey, what can I do for you? Because if you ask yourself the question, when life falls apart, difficult times come, where do you go? Yes, we go to God and we trust in Him, but we also need a safe place where we can go to. We need people like Elisha who will be there just to say, hey, what can I do for you? That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose especially for small groups because you can't come and share everything with everybody out here. But one of the reasons we have a small group is so that you can find your strength in a group. Because if you stand by yourself, let me tell you this, the devil will start messing with your mind and start telling you things that are not true, that God is the reason you are in trouble. The, God, the devil's going to mess with your mind and tell you, you did this, that's why you are struggling right now. He'll say you're not good enough to be saved anymore. That's why you need to surround yourself with people, a small group, a church that will speak faith. When you have no faith. That's why we need the church. That's why I encourage you, if you've not been to small groups, we have small groups this evening. Get connected. 
to one. Because that is like Elisha. People who will just be there. Knowing the people who are in small groups. People who will just be there say, hey, what can I do for you? Someone who's going to be there for you. She comes to Elisha and he, he of course asks her, hey, tell me what you got in your house. And she says, well, I don't have anything. And then she kind of remembers like, oh, yeah, I do have this small, hang on one second. I have this small jar of oil. And Elisha, of course, tells her, here's what you're supposed to do. Go around to your neighbors, grab all the jars, empty jars that they have, bring it back into your house, close your doors with you and your son. Just go behind closed doors, basically. And then you take this little jar of oil and pour it into the empty jars. That's exactly what she does. Here's the second point. The first point is let pain draw you to God. The second point we learned from this story about faith is faith requires us. Our faith always stretches us. Faith stretches us. It requires us to be stretched a little. To walk in faith means moving. We hate this phrase, out of your comfort zone. I don't want the neighbor to know what I'm going through right now. I don't want people around me to know, so I fake it till I make it. But that's not faith. You faith it till you make it. Not fake it. Keep trusting till you see God work in your life. She goes, you know, Elisha says, I want you to go start collecting all these jars. And that's exactly what she does. She, she goes, and I'm just thinking, you know, this person goes and knocks on the door. And the neighbor is kind of looking through that. I don't know if they had those holes, peepholes or whatever you call it. But she's like, oh, man, she's here again. She probably needs something. But what she really needs is empty jars. And I'm sure she's shaking her head. What does Elisha want me to do with empty jars? And the person giving her the jars is also like, why does she want an empty jar anyway? But it stretches us. Faith requires, always stretches us. Because faith is, what is, what's the point of collecting empty jars? How does that help me pay my debt? But when you live in obedience to what God says in his words, it will stretch you. But when you walk in obedience, you will be rewarded. But it will stretch you. Let me use the phrase, getting out of your comfort zone is basically taking a risk. Walking by faith, and I don't mean to make light or say it's something in a bad way. But it essentially is taking a risk. Are you willing to risk your life by following him? Because the risk is real. You're risking people throwing and making fun of you. You risk people misunderstanding you because now you've become a Christian. You risk people cutting you off and no longer wanting to hang out with you because you're not cool enough. You're this holy guy now. It is a risk. But faith is taking that risk too. I mean, you can live your whole life without trying to take a risk. I mean, a whole life. I mean, you, no one ever thought whether this roof is going to collapse here. You took that risk though, right? It's a risk. You can stay at home. It's funny. I read this. People, I mean, you can stay at home and not risk anything and stay at home and just stay in your bed the whole time. There's funny statistics. More than half a million people go to the ER every year in America because they fall out of bed. So if you think you're safe in bed, half a million go to the ER because of something related to falling out of bed. You got to learn to risk. It's okay to move outside your comfort zone. Because God is going to stretch you. You want to build your faith. He's going to build you, build your faith by stretching you. 
Trust in him. Be willing to take that risk no matter what they're going to say. Be willing to trust him. No matter what's going to happen, I'm willing to trust you, God. I am willing to trust you. That's what faith is all about. God, again, if you... I know a lot of people say, you know, I wish I had that faith like those great men and women of God. They had great faith and they did great things. But honestly, you'll be surprised how many stories God did great things with people with little faith, really. Because what, what really matters, it's not the amount of faith you have. It's how great our God is. It's not that you have great faith and you see great things. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about us having faith and then trusting. Faith in what? A great God is able to do great things. Because if it depends on great faith, then it depends all on you. And it's never about you. It's all about the God we serve. God is getting ready to stretch you. If you want to build your faith, please remember, faith always requires us to be stretched. To be stretched. How do I, how do I build my faith? Get to know God better. It's simple. Get to know God better. Open the word, read it. You'll get to know God better. The more you know him, the more you trust him. I'm just simplifying this. Hang out with people who talk about God. Because their lives, they live by faith. And when you see them living by faith, you are encouraged to live by faith too. That's how it builds your faith. And of course, you've got to take that risk to step out and trust him with small steps, slowly, baby steps, and see how God honors those steps. And when he honors the steps, he trusts you with more and more and more. And you are willing to take that bigger step of faith, that bigger risk for God. But it starts with you being willing, being willing to be stretched outside your comfort zone. Number three. Faith requires action. That's been kind of the emphasis the last few weeks. Because you can talk the talk. But real faith is putting it into action. You can say you trust God all you want to. But unless you're willing to just commit to him and dive right in. It's just mere talk. Faith requires action. Put faith in action. This woman went out. Went around the neighborhood. Picked up all these empty jars. Gathered not just one jar. She gathered all the jars that she could. And then brought them back. Brought them back into her house. Closed the door. And then started pouring out the oil. Faith requires action. We did this whole study on James. Faith without deeds is what? Dead. Meaningless. Means nothing. Because you're talking the talk. But if you aren't willing to take that step of faith, when faith requires it, you're not going to see the miracle that God has in store for you. If she went home and said, what's the point? All I needed was some money to pay these guys off and did nothing. Would she have seen the miracle? No. Faith requires you to take action. Take action. Take that stand necessarily sometimes. Take that stand when you need to. That's a simple step of faith. It's taking a stand for God. I mean, at the workplace, I know several people, they've, they had to quit their job. And the people, the boss got mad with them and fired them because they weren't willing to compromise their faith. They took a stand for God. They put their faith in action and were not willing to do what the boss told them to do. And the boss fired him. But are you willing to risk that? Take that stand. Faith requires you to take action. I mean, think about 
someone hurting you so much. It's hurt you and you don't know what to do. But you realize that if you have faith in God, you are required. The action you need to do is to go be and make or whatever reconciliation as such. You take that step to reconcile to one another. That's a step of faith because you don't know how that person is going to react. That's what faith is. That's just putting it in daily, everyday terms as such. Maybe your whole life is falling apart at the seams as such. Take a step of faith and say, God, I trust you anyway. You know, the bills are piling up like these debtor, debt collectors there. That's when you take a step of faith and say, God, I still trust in you. That is your step of faith. You know, maybe God has given you a dream and a vision for something for you to do, but you haven't done it yet. Maybe you're scared or maybe you think people will laugh at you. Take a step of faith and trust God. Go do what he's calling you to do. Do, do the, what's the next step, God? That's simple. When you come to him, what's the next step? Go gather all the jars. Yes, it doesn't make sense, but I choose to obey you anyway. You want the next step in your life. Sometimes God doesn't give you the straight answer. What he wants you to do is trust him. He doesn't give you a straight answer. God, I need something right now. But he doesn't give you the answer. He tells you to do something totally different. Seems totally, doesn't even make sense anymore. How's oil going to help me pay my debtor? But when we put our faith in action and trust what he says, his plan, his agenda, what his, when you understand that he is in total control, he's in total control, and he knows what my next step needs to be, put into action your faith and take the next step and trust him. Faith always requires action. And here's the truth. God is the God who honors faith throughout the word of God. Time and time again, he honors faith. He honors faith. Number four. Of course, you see what happens. These people come and, I mean, she does that. And as she pours her oil, she keeps going and going and going. And then what happens? The jars all fill up. And she says, hey, bring me another jar. And they say, hey, we don't have any more. And that's when the miracle basically stopped. After it was totally, totally satisfied, everything was filled, totally content. That's when it stopped, really. But here's the thing. My focus went on to two people in the story we don't hear much from. There's Elisha, there's the widow, but the two young kids there too. Can you imagine what happens to their faith when they see their mom step out in faith and go grab all these jars in the neighborhood? Faith requires you to share your faith. Share your story because God, when you honor God, God is, when you step out in faith, God honors you. You see a miracle and then you share your story. Think about these two kids and I, my mind went to these two kids. Just imagine what's happening in their lives. Okay, they think mom's gone mad following this guy first of all and now mom started pouring things out. But then they see the miracles. Imagine what's happening in their lives. And fast forward 20 years when they have their own families, they're sitting around a table, they're eating a meal and they see this oil, jar of oil. Just imagine what triggers in their minds. Hey, you know that story out there? This is how we made it because my mom decided to put her faith in action and trust what God said. Her story is their story and their story goes on and on and on. Share your story. That's how faith is built. That's how faith is built. 
Share, be willing to share what God has done in your life, no matter how small it is or how big it is. You don't have to be embarrassed by what God is doing in your life. You don't have to be embarrassed or feel sorry for what God is doing in my life. You don't have to, oh, you know what, I, this is what I'm doing and we're so embarrassed because we're Christians all of a sudden. My friends are going to treat me differently. No, share your story. Those who want to hang around with you will hang around with you because of who you are. You don't have to wait for the approval or wait for people to make, you know, make a big deal about it. Just share what God has done in your life. And then you will see the fruit of what it is. Because the miracle didn't stop with just that woman. Generations were affected because she chose to step up in faith. Share your story. The Bible tells, I mean, Deuteronomy, he tells them what? Whenever you go, all these commandments, Deuteronomy 6, the first few chapters actually. He says, what? Hey, tell your kids about this when you're sitting down, when they're walking. Remind them about what God has done. Why? Because that teaches them to have faith in what you have faith in already. They will see how you live your life and then they will glorify God. As you walk, share your story. Share your story. God is working in your life. As you live by faith, as you trust in him. As you live according to his word, according to people will see the difference that Jesus makes in your life. And they will want to know more. Bow your heads with me this morning. It was a pretty simple story of faith. It's a story tucked away, like I said, in one corner. Let me challenge you right in the beginning. It's a question I started with about why you're here today. Let me tell you, if you want to know God and know more about God, it requires faith. It requires faith. We need faith to know God. Without faith, it's impossible to know Him, to please Him, whatever. This book is just a book if you don't bring faith to it. It starts with the conviction that God is who he says he is. God is who he says he is. That is the beginning. That is the beginning of faith. But I got to ask, are you willing to risk it right now? Are you willing to put your trust in him and your faith in him and believe in him that he's the one who can really, is the one who puts the broken pieces of my life together. He's the one who's going to direct my path, lead me, guide me in the way that I should go. He's the one who can restore things in my life. Are you willing to trust Him? Are you willing to put your faith in Him? Let me encourage you, whatever you're going through right now, don't allow your pain. Don't allow your pain to push you away from God, but I encourage you. Allow the pain to draw you close to God. Seek Him again. God's, 
doesn't promise to fix all your problems. What he promises is he will give you the strength so that you won't drown and be destroyed by what's happening in your life. That's his promise, but you've got to take that step of faith and trust him. Faith requires action. Otherwise, it's just talk. Otherwise, it's just talk. You can talk all about God and the Bible and everything else. But if you are not willing to step out in faith, even when it does not make sense to trust in him, that's when you get to see God work in your life. That's when you see the woman had to go. Think about the story. The woman had to go gather the empty jars before the miracle happened. Too many people in church wait for the miracle to happen. And then they say, oh, now I'll obey God. That's not what faith is all about. Faith is about obeying God first and then seeing the miracle that he will do in your life. Choose today to trust him. Thank you, Father. Let me encourage you, share your story. Share your story. Share your story, whether people will be encouraged by your story. Find a group, find, like I said, Elisha, find a group of people who you can come and be who you are, and they are willing to stand with you in your pain. Thank you, God. Let's all stand to our feet at this time and let's worship God for a minute. Thank you, Lord.